0: The decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics as well as the biggest news stories and news makers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. As always,
1: you're locked into the dopest show on radio. From the press box to press row, Right here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. I am your host, Donald Ware. Got a whole lot to get to in today's program. Got a lot of guests that are going to join us today here on the program. We're going to talk a lot of college basketball. Going to talk some college football on the program as well. Congratulations to Coastal Carolina. Watched the game last week against BYU. Talked about it last week and I thought it was just a great matchup. That that really was put together in just a few days, and it gave us everything that we thought it would give us. Like I was super excited to watch that game for a number of different reasons. Number one, I, I as I mentioned, and and I made reference to this last week. It was in 2014 that Coastal Carolina came to Greensboro in Aggie Stadium and left Aggie Stadium with a one point victory. Uh, in essence, A missed an extra point. As a matter of fact, I just thought about it uh, a little, a couple of days ago, I had a chance to call uh, in 2011, AT and Coastal Carolina. The game was at Aggie stadium. Uh Coastal Carolina won that game handily. So we're talking about in, in, in less than a 10 year period, a program moving from FCS to now having beaten BYU right who came in averaging you know way more than 40 points per game holding that team to 17 points to a team that is undefeated right now to a team that is ranked number 13 in the country with an outside opportunity to play in a major bowl game I mean listen I mean I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna try to front about it like I'm sitting there watching the game and I you know, I don't have a dog in the fight, per se, right? But I'm sitting there watching a the game, like, in essence, sort of cheering for the Chanticleers. Like, they've been the one of the great stories in all of college football this year. We talked with Chris Fowler about this a couple of weeks ago. What a story. I mean, we you thought about their biggest win of the season to that point, which was against App State, uh, who had won – what the 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 championship Sun Belt championship, I believe, four straight years, and to knock them off in dramatic fashion had to come back in the fourth quarter to do that. Then you know, just continuing to win and win and win until you get that opponent that will give you the credibility that you really really need, so that a lot of people can say you deserve to be ranked as a top 15 team. Well, <clears throat> let me tell you, Coastal Carolina deserves to be ranked at as a top 15. And joining us today on the program, the head football coach of the Chanticleers, Jamie Chadwell, going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Going to talk some college basketball here on the program. Also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Morgan State head men's basketball coach, Kevin is going to join us on the program as well. Going to talk with him about the Bear program two and one right now. Also joining us today here on the program, North Carolina Central head men's basketball coach Lavelle Moton going to join us on the program. You talk about Coastal Carolina and BYU getting together in such a short time frame. Very similar scenario between North Carolina Central and UNC. Both needed a game, so North Carolina and, and UNC are going to play uh, on Saturday in Chapel Hill. It was a game that came together in a matter of days, added to the schedule. And a lot of times, I mean, you look at these games, these games are planned years in advance a lot of times, particularly for the smaller schools, because uh, g- generally those bigger schools are going to give other schools an opportunity um, to to make some money uh, with the guarantee games and so that game together you look at Roy Williams Lavelle Moten is got they've got a, a a a great relationship a solid relationship uh, so as a matter of fact uh, Lavelle Moten has a great relationship with all of the coaches here uh, in the the major schools in the Triangle so again Lavelle Moten also going to join us today. Here on the program, looking forward to all of our guests, Lavelle Moten, Kevin Brodus, Jamie Chadwell, joining us today here on the program. So Ohio State, big story in college football, Uh, a couple of uh, deals here. Ohio State had its game, of course, against Michigan, the rivalry game canceled, which, by the way. Um, I don't think Michigan would have won that football game, but I think it would have been a really close football game because it's a rivalry, I think. Like, you know, Ohio State is just rocking and rolling. Uh, but, I mean, I think I think Harbaugh would have had his guys uh, ready to play. Uh, that said, there was a lot of question as to whether Ohio State would be able to meet the threshold of the six games that the Big Ten mandated that it needed to participate in the conference championship game. Well, wouldn't you know it? On Wednesday, the Big Ten suspended that mandate, and now Ohio State will play in the Big Ten championship game. I think it's a good, like I think it's a good move. You got, you know, every conference is looking out for itself. We talked about the ACC last week and the ACC deciding to forego the remaining football games for both Clemson and Notre Dame. Okay, so they were both slated to play this weekend, will not, will play in the ACC championship game next weekend. And by the way, Ohio State's going to face Northwestern for the title game. That should be an interesting game, one in which Ohio State should win. But, I mean, it gives Ohio State a pretty easy path to the national to the national the, the playoffs to the college football playoffs the top 4 rankings uh because i mean you're playing. no disrespect to northwestern but ohio state should win that football game and i believe that the committee uh because the, the mandate was six uh, well it, w- it was six games but now you know i mean it's 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 not a great sample size I get it, especially when you have teams like a Florida, like a Texas A&M, who are on the outside looking in as we speak right now. You look uh, at and let's say Florida defeats Alabama A&M. I mean, do you? And, and, and Ohio State runs the gamut. Do you uh, eliminate Ohio State in favor of Florida? No, I don't think so. I I don't I don't think so. I think Ohio State has given you enough of a sample size to show what it can do. It can only play. The games that it can play, we're in a COVID situation. Uh, everything, anything is on the table. It's not much you can do when games are canceled. I mean, yeah, you could look at the Big Ten and penalize the Big Ten for starting late and for really putting itself in this position. And that's in part why the Big Ten needed to make this right. So it was an easy decision. But I don't think you you uh, penalize Ohio State for that if you're if you're saying. The entire time, this is a top-four team, and they ultimately win the Big Ten championship game. No matter what happens on the outside, the Buckeyes should be in. So we can talk more about that uh, on the program today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Still to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row, we're going to be joined by North Carolina Central head men's basketball coach, Lavelle Moten also going to be joined by coastal Carolina head football coach Jamie Chadwell But up next. We're going to be joined by Morgan state head men's basketball coach, Kevin Brodus. You've got from the press box to press row locked in and you've got us right here on ESPNU radio on Sirius XM.
2: The old Renaissance is the new Renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitney, the neighborhood original.
1: Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, Log on to their website at HarlemBeerNC.com.
3: You're listening to
0: From the Press Box to Press Row.
1: Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're joined by a gentleman in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Morgan State. The Bears are 2-1 and one on the season and have a Sunday home matchup Against Bellarmine, as Kevin Broaddus joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Road. Coach Broaddus, welcome to the program.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm uh, glad to be here tonight.
1: Absolutely. Glad to have you. I want to get your thoughts uh, because you, you guys are two and one on the season. I mean, we're missed COVID, which is still an issue, but your thoughts on the Bears out to the two and one start?
2: Uh, you know, we're out to a decent start you know we we've had some hiccups during the way you know uh, Mount St. Mary's we played a really good Mount St. Mary's team that beat us at home you know we liked to had uh, played a little better uh, we we gave up a lot of points to a good Lincoln team that's averaging 100 points a game you know we we ended up beating them and then we went to New York this past week and we we played a really good game up against a really good Iona team who is well-coached by a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, I mean, speak a little. You're right because when you look at uh, Lincoln, I mean, the CIAA gets up. I mean, you know the CIAA. You play at Bowie State. You know CIAA gets up I and mean, coached there, too, gets up and down. Um, but what about that one? Like, that's a, that's a really big win when you're talking about a win over Iona.
2: Well, you know what? Iona is, is a program year in and year out that's going to win 18, 20, 22 games. And they got good players. And they have a great coach. Uh, Rick Pitino is a great coach, Hall of Famer. He's won a national championship. He's won everywhere he's been. been, you know, head coach. I, I, I can't remember if it was the Celtics or the Lakers. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Not the Lakers. Celtics or the Knicks. Um, but I remember him, you know, I I've been a follower of his. Um he's a good man, you know. You know, he had a setback, but that that's here and there, we all do. Uh he's back in the business and he will have that program back at the top in a matter of time. You know, he they're gonna play the way he wants to, to play soon. So yeah, it was a big win for us. Now we got the next one, you know, on to the next one.
1: Yeah. Uh, in that win it, it was tied at thirty eight apiece and you guys came out strong. Uh, in the second half, got out to their fast start. Can you speak to how important that was on your way to the 83-72 to win?
2: Well, it was important because, okay, we got up big, I think like 17-3. to And they made a comeback and took the lead. But we never lost focus on what we were trying to do. And we went in a halftime tied at 38. And like I told them at halftime, it's 0-0. Now this will show – you know how much we really want it. we got to think back of the days the, the, the grind that we put in for games like this and, and the guys responded and they did well the second half i was very pleased the way they played the second half
1: what what has it been like uh for you i, I don't know if you've had any games that have been rescheduled have been canceled i mean it just the, the, the pandemic is getting worse and it's it's really affecting college you know athletics so what what Really, I mean, we can talk about since the season has begun, but what has, you know, since March been like for you in this program in terms of your, your preparation for not only the season, but now on a game-by-game basis?
2: Well, you, it's something you can't really prepare for. You 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 just prepare every day as, you know, it's like normal, but you know it's not. And stating back to last March, I mean, I was glad that they did what they did because, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what was in the air. We're just dealing with what we know. Now we fast forward, you know, yes, we're having a, a season. But we don't know. We, in this past week, we've had three games canceled, Navy, Towson, and George Mason. We don't know who we're going to play from game to game almost. And we have a big game Sunday, um, a team that can beat us easily beat us I mean they're very good they won a national championship division two so we have that game then we have a game after and then it's almost like you know everyone's calling around for games so we're just preparing as hey we're going to play someone we don't know who but we just got to prepare to play basketball yep. you know and the last the, the last man standing is the the team is disciplined enough to do things the right way when you're talking about social distancing You know, keeping guys keeping themselves out of trouble. Stop running around. Just doing going, going to school. Getting your meals. Go to practice, and you know, go back. Go back to your dorms. That's the team that the last team that that, that does that the best is going to be the last team standing. You know, as you can see early on in this season, you've had a lot of upsets, and you know, including us. I mean. That was an upset by the, the, the odds makers and the, the professionals. Iona was supposed to win. I mean, that's what's going to happen this year. Just like the other night, you go, you had an upset. Fort Hayes State beat Kansas State. The unknown, you know, the, the, this is how the season's going to be. So we just got to make the most of it and hope we keep having the season. Just be thankful for having the season that we have right now.
1: Absolutely. Three games under the Bears' belt as we're joined by the head Men's basketball coach at Morgan State. Kevin Brodus here on From the Press Box to Press Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. You look at a guy like a Troy Baxter. He's he's leading you in scoring, averaging 18.7 points per game, shooting 50% from three-point range, in excess of 51% from the field. His averages last year was, what, 10.2 points uh, per game, uh, shot, uh, what, 29% from three-point range. It's early. But your thoughts on how this young man is playing for you so far this year.
2: Oh, he, he's playing very well. You know, he's playing very well on both ends, actually. You know, he's he's, he's made a assertive effort to be better. You know, we try we tell our guys, try to get better every day. Win every day. Don't win just the games or, or win some days of the week. Try to win every day in practice. And he's he's really showing his maturity. His play and his his numbers are, are showing his maturity, but we see it every day in practice. Him maturing the way he, you know, approaches every day in practice approaches the game, and and I'm happy for him. You know, he's doing well. As long as he keeps us, he keeps doing what he's doing. He helps us win. I mean, what more can you? he's going to graduate? Uh, he's doing everything he asked.
1: Yeah. What? Um, so I mean, anybody? Right? I mean, I know it's early. Like it's it's hard to judge because it's kind of early. But I mean, who else? is maybe playing and I don't know you may have had some 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 expectation from him and I mean really what you look at and I think we got to talk about what you did last year I mean to be able to win the, have the 15 wins coming off what happened the previous year prior to you coming was was tremendous but who else right now is 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 playing uh, maybe better than you thought they would again understanding that it's we've only played three games
2: well I gotta go Lazio Granston um you know, he's defending better. Forget the scoring. He's rebounding better. And he's being a better teammate. You know, a guy like him is, you know, he's he's asked to do a lot of things. and I'm happy with his production. I'm really happy with Sherwin's production. And, and see, this is the thing, like I, I, t- I tell our guys, you know, know your position. Know your role. Know what you're supposed to do. You know, I'm not asking Sherwin to score a lot of points. I'm asking him to deliver a lot of points, set the team up, be a team leader, be the quarterback, be my ears and eyes on the court. And I can't ask no more of that. You know, he's done a, a heck of a job. I mean, Malik Miller, he's been he's been steady as he always is. I mean I I can go on and on Trevor um while wow, I'm drawing a blank. Trevor's last name. There's so many of these guys. More. Trevor is uh Trevor Moore is playing very well And like I tell them, be a two-way player, not a one-way player. It's not just about scoring. He guarded their best player and held him to 12 points last game. And and then I'm going to leave it at this one last guy, DeTorian Ware. I mean, just the court savvy, you know, just the way he's handled himself since he's been here. I mean, he's playing well. I like the way the whole team is gelling. You know, we didn't have a particularly good day today. You know, like I told these guys, you know, don't let success go to your head, you know. You've only won one game, two games, you know. Let, let's try to string some games along. This team we play here won a national championship a few years back. And don't take them for light. They just beat a team in our league by double digits on their own home court, on Howard's home court. So we can't take no one light. We can't. We're not good enough yet. We're not good enough to take, take, an easy, um, take a, a day off in practice or, Think we could take it easy on somebody. we're not good enough yet. We have to be good every day, every day. so yep. that's why I am right now with these guys, and, and they know it. you know, they know how I am, like I always tell them, I'm not going to change. I'm, I expect ex- excellence out of you every day. I tell them we can have a bad day, but we can't have a bad effort day. I'll be telling them that every
1: day. Yep. Kevin brought us again, the head men's basketball coach at Morgan State joins us here. On the program as a as sort of a double HBCU guy, if you will, started out at Grambling, uh, came back home, finished uh, your basketball playing career, and got your degree from Bowie State. What did it mean for for you? And you've had some stops, like you've been at Georgetown, you've you've been at Maryland, you've been at George Washington, you've been at some places, uh, and then uh, to be able to get a guy like uh, a Nasim Khalid, a four star guy to recruit to your program. Doesn't happen every day uh, in the MIAC and amongst HBCUs.
2: It it, it was huge. And, you know, like, for a kid like him to come to us, take basketball out the equation. You know, like I tell our coaches, we got to make sure he's successful. You know, he comes from a background, humble, humble, you know, a humble family that wants to see him succeed, want to see him get a degree. You know, his dad, spent some time at Morgan, got a degree from Morgan. And we just want to make sure this young man is successful on and off the court. Now, people don't know, he hasn't even played a game yet. He's been injured. But he's doing everything we ask him in the classroom and trying to get back on the court. So it's, it's a truly blessing to have him and have him in the program. And, you know, one day when he gets back, you'll see how special he is.
1: Yeah. Uh, John Thompson, uh, you just passed away. 2020 has been tough. Your thoughts, what, what What did John Thompson, or who did he mean, or what did he mean to you? <laughs> he
2: meant the world to me. You know, he was like a dad, you know, tough love. He gave you tough love. And, you know, he only got on guys that, you know, he cared for. And he was hard on me, you know, to the point in the beginning, I was like, wow, this is what I'm signing up for? But I get it now. I understand it, you know. Because he always not, and I tell our guys this, it's a rough world out there. You got to work hard, be the best that you can be every day. And he always say, guys, we got to outwork guys. He would always say we, and he wasn't even coaching. His son was coaching. We have to outwork people. (laughs) And then he would break it down and say, you know, we're working hard, but that don't mean we're going to win. It just gives us a better chance to win. And I always hear him. In my brain, every day when stuff goes, you know, to the left or to the right, you know, I can hear him talking to me. You know, he meant the world to me. And I use a lot of his stuff in coaching today, believe it or not. I can't be like the big fella, but some of the things, I, I, most of the things, damn near all of the things I believe in when he was telling us and I try to use them.
1: Yeah, no, no question about it. That the voice, of course, of Kevin Brodus, the head men's basketball coach at Morgan State, joining us here on From the Press Box to Press Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. The Bears, 2-1 and on the season, going to take on Bellarmine on Sunday at home. Coach Brodus, appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Bears. Thank
2: you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on, and I hope all is well. Um, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, and stay safe out here. And, um... Hey, thanks for the support.
1: You got it, Coach Broadus. Kevin Broadus, the head men's basketball coach at Morgan State, joining us here on the program. Again, still to come, North Carolina Central head men's basketball coach, Lavelle Moton. But up. Next, we're going to be joined by the head football coach at Coastal Carolina, Jamie Chadwell.
0: Track down the names making news in sports from the Press Box to Press Row. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row.
1: Let's continue here on Box Row. We're joined by a gentleman in his third season as the head football coach at Coastal Carolina. I tell you what, the Chanticleers with a huge 22-17 victory over BYU on last Saturday. Up next for the Chanticleers, Troy on Saturday. Jamie Chadwell joins us here on botch to Row. Coach Chadwell, welcome to the program.
3: Hey, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much.
1: Absolutely. I, I just want to get your thoughts. What a game. I, like, you know, I'm, I'm for what people will call the underdog, and I, I use the word underdog because, I mean, if you look at it just four years ago, I mean, this was a, a Coastal Carolina program that that was playing teams in the MEAC, and to get that 22-17 to 17 victory over BYU – was huge. Your thoughts on your team's performance and the victory?
3: Well, it was it was a, a just a, a surreal day. You know, game day being there, then to play an opponent like BYU, and then to find a way to get a win there. I mean, if you're if you're just a fan of college football, it was a great game, and and just the intensity, the electricity of the day. Uh, I'm proud of the way we fought. You know, all game long. You know, everybody wasn't giving us a chance, and our our young men just came in there and played. Played their guts out, to be honest with you, and, and found a way to make enough plays. And it took everything, you know, for us to win and coming down basically the one yard line. But our guys found a way to get it done.
1: Yeah, would you see with Mateo Sadipo making that tackle, like you said, right on the one yard line to seal the victory for you guys?
3: <clears throat> well, well, you know, to be honest with you, I've got half. I've got one eye open, one eye closed. You're praying, you're hoping, you, feel you somebody can make a stop because that's how intense the game was. But. From our vantage point, it didn't even look like it was that close, you know. And so you're excited, and then you get out there, and they're like, "Well, they're reviewing it." And I'm like, "Was it that close? I didn't think it was that close." And so you you got all these emotions going through your head, and then just to be able to get the victory and the way Mateo did a great job—he followed what he was supposed to do. We practiced that every Friday. We've done it for two years and never had to use it. Finally, had to use it, and, and it paid off.
1: Yeah, no, I was watching the game. I mean, it wasn't as close. You're right, it wasn't that close. But I mean, when you're on the one, they they want to make sure and all those kind of things. I I guess I kind of get that. Um, can you speak to how this how this game came together? Like this game I mean you have you have games in college football that are on the books three, four, five years in advance. This game came together in days. Well, you know, we
3: we get off the practice field, we're play we're practicing for Liberty, uh, and we get off the practice field on a Wednesday and I, I got somebody asking, me, Hey, are we playing BYU? And I'm like, What are you talking about? And so there's these rumors that I guess Liberty was potentially gonna pull out uh, and, you know, BYU was up next And I called my AD He goes, oh, nah, I don't know He said, that might be You know, he just sort of Plays it off And then Thursday morning 9 a.m., hey, we're playing BYU <laughs> That's how quick it was, you know And so we basically had 48 hours To try to get it together I think ESPN obviously, you know Had something to do with Trying to get BYU down here Because of game day being here And, uh, you know, we went from we went from normally a Thursday practice is sorta of your you know end of the week and you're getting ready and to making Thursday and Friday like two work days just to try to get yourself to play a really good team. So it was it was an unusual week for sure, uh, and a lot of a lot of really restless nights trying to get ready, but uh the game Saturday, surprisingly, both sides I think was a pretty clean uh pretty clean, well played game from an execution standpoint, and usually that's unheard of on two days notice.
1: Yeah, no question. I mean, coaches a lot will, will say, well, it's about our team and the preparation. We're going to do, we're going to prepare, uh, you know, ourselves. Like, we're not worried about the opponent per se. And I guess that really was the case in this particular situation, only having a few days to, in fact, prepare for BYU. So it seems like you really, you know, you guys concentrated on what you guys needed to do. <sighs>
3: you had to in a short amount of time. Normally, you know, a whole week you, you do some things and you think, well, they've shown this, maybe you have to do this. We just said, all right, we took some game plans on some people that were similar to them from an offensive standpoint and defensive standpoint, and we just basically tried to copy those game plans and make it fit to what hey, we we like this and this is how we're going to try to tackle them. Hopefully, they won't do anything different and try to have an answer for them and uh, and it is. You at that point, you don't do anything fancy. You're just like, hey, is our what we do, what we're about is it going to be good enough to beat what they're about? And then today, you know, we found a way to make that happen.
1: Shouldn't have been a shocker to – maybe it was to to some people, but, I mean, I guess, you know, where I sit – I'm not saying that I'm shocked, but I guess where I sit, again, I mean, I – you know, I've made reference to this. Like, I can think back to 2014 when Coastal Carolina comes to Greensboro, to Aggie Stadium, and leaves out of there with a one-point victory because the Aggies, in essence, miss an extra point. But, I mean, you guys are – you know, like – you be, you've beaten Kansas twice, so you've played Power Five conferences. So this wasn't, you know, like a, a monumental task for you all, per se, playing a bigger program in BYU.
3: Well, it wasn't. You know, our, 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 I think our team felt confident that we could go compete with them. Uh, you know, we know they're really good, and and we know we're in the stages of building our program. We've only been an FBS program four years. I mean, you just mentioned that two thousand, you know, two thousand fifteen. We're playing in the FCS. You know, we're playing FCS playoffs, and then you do your transition year, and that was really a, an FCS schedule as well. So this is our fourth year of really playing some FBS football, but we have played some Power Fives, had some success versus some, got drilled by some, but that's all part of the process, uh, but I do think our guys have confidence, and no matter who we play, we do think we have a chance to win, and that's not going to happen all the time. Obviously, this year it has up to this point, but I think we've built the program to where there is confidence and, and their expectation to win. Instead of hoping to win, I think now they expect to win, and then you just got to go do it. So, uh, But that's been a process. You know, This year has, has been special, but it's taken us three years of a lot of heartaches to get to this point.
1: Jamie Chadwell in his third season as the head football coach at Coastal Carolina joins us here on Box to Road. It's interesting because – in the beginning it seemed like you all weren't able to do much uh, offensively their defensive line which is is pretty stout obviously but your offensive line was able to make some adjustments you had some success running the football to the tune of 281 yards rushing what what were some of the adjustments that you guys made on, on more specifically on the offensive line?
3: Well, I, I think y- you're still trying to figure out how they were going to play you. And so once you get out there and, and you're running your stuff, you see, all right, now this is what they're trying to do. And then you try to give your, your guys, which were a little undersized up there, you try to give them advantage. So, uh, you know, we went to more of a you know a zone-type scheme that we needed to do to try to help ourselves and, 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 and try to limit some of the size advantage they did, try to get them running sideline. So you do some different things to try to – hopefully wear them down. We knew if we went straight at them all the time that their size would eventually wear us down. If you go back and look at those statistics, we had three scoring drives, and those three scoring drives we had it for 17, 11, and 13 plays. That's a lot of time for a defense to be out there, and we had it for a total of almost 20 minutes. That is a whole half of football we had. To, we had the ball and so we finally were able to wear them down where then at the end we could go at them more, and that was just part of it to try to get them running. It's like a basketball team. You try to press somebody. Maybe you get a turnover. It's really you're trying to wear them down eventually, and that's what we tried to do.
1: Jamie Chadwell again in his third season as the head football coach at Coastal Carolina joins us here. On the program, the defense, I mean, you, you, especially when you look in the second half and more specifically the last four possessions where you hold uh, BYU to a fumble and then, uh, you know, a, a couple of three punts and then ultimately losing it on downs uh, or that last play of the game, I should say. Can, can you speak to really how the defense played overall?
3: Well, I, I, you mentioned the second half, they were tremendous. I think we held them to three points. The second half, uh, I mean, that was exceptional. They were averaging 47 points a game, and they scored 17. And one thing our defense does is they pride themselves on just swarming the football and be relentless with the effort. And if you watched us, we never allowed them after the first, really the first half, to get tons of just huge plays. We we made them earn it every day. And that's what you want to do with a defense. If you limit big plays and make offenses try to earn it, you hopefully offenses are screwed up. That's what we do typically, and our defense plays with just relentless effort, uh, and they make you earn things. And we got after the quarterback. We ever sack him some. We got obviously a turnover. They dropped some passes. Some things that they normally weren't doing. I felt like we were putting enough pressure on them to make them to make them have to think about some things. And there in the fourth quarter, I think we had, we had worn them down there in the fourth quarter. And 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 obviously with ex- exception of that last drive when they got to the one, uh, you know we we really held our own on them the whole time.
1: Uh, Speak to the play of your quarterback, Grayson McCall. I mean, this season, just one interception to 20 touchdowns. He's thrown for uh, over uh, 1,800 yards. This is a young man that is just a redshirt freshman.
3: Yeah, he's been great. You know, he's he's played nine games. He missed one game for us and so uh, because of an injury. But he has been, uh, I'll be honest, you know, uh, beyond our expectations. We thought he was going to have a chance to be a good player. But any time you only have one interception – uh, in the touchdown interception ratio he's he takes care of the football he's a leader uh he is very very mature in the in the pocket for a young quarterback he does things that just uh you know you can't coach and he's got those intangible pieces that a quarterback needs to have uh and the great thing about him what he does uh is he the, the players around him Play up to a higher level because of him being in there, and I think that's a great sign of a quarterback. And uh, he's just scratched the surface. You said he's a redshirt freshman, of course he's played nine games now, so he's he's getting experience. But each week it's a little different for him, and he's learning and learning. And um, but we have confidence in him. He's got a lot of confidence himself, and and we're in the position because of the way he's played uh, consistently each week.
1: Last two thoughts with Jamie Chadwell, the head football coach at Coastal Carolina. We appreciate the time. So Troy. Uh, is on Saturday. I uh, want to get your thoughts on Troy, but even more so preparing the players to play coming off a huge, you mentioned uh, ESPN game day, uh, the win over BYU, and then knowing the fact that BYU beat this Troy team by 41 points. So how do you you know, make sure that your your players don't have a letdown against Troy?
3: Well, that's a great question. You know, because uh, you know players look at different things like that, and and we know we know you can't take a game that was played earlier in the year and and and, and try to compare. It. We know Troy's a really good football team. Uh, we know they're dangerous on offense, and they've got good players defensively. This is the bit. This is going to be the biggest challenge, in my opinion, our coaching staff has faced this year because of coming off a huge win of all the energy that you had to expel and all the effort and then being beat up and then going to Troy, who's traditionally a a really good football program, beat a lot of Power Fives, and you know they got good players, and you know they have a chance to make their season by beating you. So it's a, it's a huge challenge, and and you got to rely on your leadership. You got to rely on your your young people understanding what's at stake and their focus. Uh, I do believe we'll go down there and play well, but we'll have to go down there and play well to win the game. If we just go down there and go through the motions, we're going to get our butt beat. And so that's a, that's been a hard challenge for us as a, as a staff, and and we've got to make sure that our guys understand the why behind you play. You can never look back, You can never look in the past. You just got to focus on the now.
1: And then, lastly, and we appreciate the time, Coach Chatwell. You you spoke on it a little bit earlier, but can you speak to, you know, what has to go in to a team, uh, as you mentioned, moving from FBS, but more specifically, last year five and seven uh, to ten and zero right now, with still some football to play. Troy Saturday, Sun Belt Championship the, uh, game the following weekend, and then maybe on the cusp of if not. You know, in the in the college football playoff, than a high bowl seating. Like, w- what goes into that to be able to make that transition from last year to this year? Well,
3: you know, you got to look back and say, all right, you're five and seven, and what everybody looks at and say, oh, it was a terrible year, which it wasn't, in essence. But also, you look, we lost five games last year. Of those seven, we lost by a total of 24 points. So we were really close in a lot of those games. So our whole mission this off season is how do we overcome that twenty four and what what did we do to cause us to lose those games and so it's the foundation that you build and, and if you build a house if you if you just rush through the foundation then it starts getting cracks and last year we were building that foundation but it takes it takes some time to really make it strong and solid and sometimes kids buy into it right away other times it takes a it takes a while for them to see the the big picture and so you have to lay that foundation have that culture and then you have to go through some some trials and adversities to make sure that it is as solid as you need it to be and we did that last year and then you got to find ways to overcome it and this whole goal this this season was not to be 10 and 0 it was to, we're going to go play our best but we're going to do everything possible to overcome these 24 points uh and whether that's a you know whether that's third down whether that's whatever but for us it was belief and last year we were hoping to win this year we expect to and that's the main thing it's all about your mindset
1: Jamie Chadwell, again in his third season as the head football coach at Coastal Carolina, joins us here on Box to Row. The Chanticleers are going to play Troy on Saturday. Coach Chadwell, appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Chanticleers.
3: I appreciate you very much. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Coach Caldwell. North Carolina Central head men's basketball coach Lavelle Moten is up next
3: com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the Game of the Week feature to interviews, to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From
0: the Press Box to Press Row.
3: And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader.
0: It's Donald Ware, from the press box to press row. Let's continue
1: here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman in his 12th season as the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina Central. The Eagles 1-2 and on the young season. Going to play UNC uh, on Saturday. Lavelle Moten joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Moten, welcome back to the program.
4: What's up, Don? How you doing, man? appreciate you having
1: me. Absolutely. It's always great to have you. And, I, you know, the thing about it, like sometime when, you know, our schools more specifically, and this is a, a great situation because you have North Carolina Central in Durham and, and UNC is in Chapel Hill. Sometimes you have these games there, you know, a couple of years out or, or whatever. But this is a game that came together. And I, I realize we're in the <laughs> midst of the pandemic, but it came together rather quickly can you speak to that and being able to play UNC uh, on Saturday when sometimes these games are scheduled years in advance
4: yeah it's it's, it's crazy man um you know with with covid adaptability is going to be tested every single day um whatever you once did in normal you got to throw that out the way you got to you got to find um, it, it it's almost like you you got to find no, normalcy and abnormalcy, right, if, if that makes any sense. You gotta, you just got to figure it out as you go, and a lot of these things are impromptu. I was fortunate to, you know, obviously me and Coach Wins Roy are really good friends, so we often text and talk anyway. And once he returned from the hour trip, his hour trip, he said, man, uh, we just had a game that was canceled. Um, do you want to play? I was like, yeah. So <laughs> I said, send the contract and I said, "Are y'all tested? Y'all okay?" And he said, "Yeah, y'all tested. Y'all okay." I said, "Yeah." I said, "Send the contract." And it was literally a 5-minute conversation. And then once we signed on the dotted line, I think this this was done on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Um, you know, we said, "We'll play on 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 Saturday." <laughs> and that's literally how it was done. It felt it it, it just felt like you going to the gym as a kid. <laughs> and bringing five of your dudes and saying, hey, man, we got next. Y'all feel like playing? <laughs> we got all five. Are you trying to play? And that's that's literally how this season has felt. Um, it's, it's, it's weird, man. It's just weird. I'm, I'm kind of at a loss of words in terms of the formalities of everything and these opportunities when they present themselves because as we knew college basketball and the scheduling and the order of operations, that is now – changing due to COVID, so you have to make decisions in impromptu um, and at the drop of a dime, and here we are.
1: Yeah, which is which is good for you all because, I mean, you have this game. You don't have another game scheduled, uh, MIAC play until until January, coming off uh, the loss to Coastal yeah. uh, on Monday, so this is, this is good. Gives you a little bit of basketball and, uh, you know, a, a good opponent. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm not trying to start anything, but it's interesting because – Last month, you you uh, it was on Facebook, I think you mentioned on November twentieth of two thousand thirteen, seven years ago, is a victory against NC State, right? right. In overtime, right. Uh, any possibility we could see that on Saturday?
4: <laughs> well, we that's what we're looking for. You know, I know Coach, and Coach knows me, and we're the ultimate. We're good friends, but we're ultimate competitors, right? We're both ultimate competitors. That's just just who we are. And you know, I I've I hope we've established. Um, our program um, as a program that's going to be spoken about where we're we're going to compete, right? We're going to compete. We're going to accept your best, and we'll play anybody, anytime, and potentially anywhere, and that's just the nature of who we are, and that's the foundation of how our program was built. So uh, it doesn't matter if it's Carolina, Carolina Tech, um, Carolina East, Carolina West, like it doesn't matter. We try to prepare ourselves you know, to win. We work hard and we practice every single day and we lift weights and, and, and we get after it to prepare ourselves to win. So who, whatever, whoever and whatever opponent that we're preparing, we expect ourselves to win as well. And I'm, I'm sure uh, Coach Williams have done a magnificent job. And it's going to be a difficult game, you know, for us, obviously, because they're coming off a loss. And I know how he prepares his team once they come off a loss. You know, they're going to be energetic. They're going to be excited. They're returning home within their comfort zone. We're going on the road. And to be honest with you, we're yet to practice as a team, right? That's the craziest thing. So we're just out here competing because we've been affected by the COVID for 28 days. And then I had a couple of guys that was out, and I had a couple of injuries, and I had some guys, you know, I don't know if people know this, but once you experience the COVID symptoms, then – Players now not only have to quarantine but they have to have an e k g so that takes another ten days to come back, so they might be out for fourteen for the quarantine, but once you add the ten days to it, that's like twenty four days so we haven't even practiced as a team yet, so I'm just interested in getting some 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 run getting our guys some reps, and you know what better team to do it against besides you know North Carolina
1: yep. Lavelle Moten, again in his 12th season as the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina Central, joins us here on Botch to Row. Your thoughts on the season to this point, uh, Coach Moten, where the Eagles are one and two.
2: Man, it's been, been, you
4: know, difficult to say the least. Uh, Difficult in the sense of just mentally, you know, not only for me, but, you know, our guys. You know, at the end of the day, we're asking these young men to do something that everyone is not willing to do themselves and they're asking these young men to do it when i say they like the general public and you know the average fan um so they can go out and entertain them that's the reality of it so people can sit at home and change their remote and watch basketball games and they can feel normal but our guys you know i found out like during quarantine quarantine is really really difficult because it's not just you're by yourself it's like You're by yourself, but you can't be around anyone else. You can't have any kind of contact whatsoever with anyone else, and you can't go outside. So sitting in a room by yourself for 14 days for a young man um, and not being able to go outside and see sunlight that's really, really difficult, right? That's really, really difficult. And they haven't experienced that, and for, to do that for 14 days and then have to come back and do it for another 14, it weighs heavily. And our guys were starting to go stir crazy. And I just told them, like, as someone who seeks mental health therapy and understands the importance of mental health therapy, I asked them, look, where are your minds at? If y'all want to play this game, we'll play. If not, we won't. You know what I'm saying? But um, it's it's kind of mixed emotions because sometimes basketball – has served as a sanctuary for all of us. It's our, It's been our place of escape, you know, so we can escape the realistic problems um, that we endure on a day-to-day basis. And so for those two hours, we get a chance to get away and, you know, reconcile our thoughts. Well, you know, now you're worried about your family and your loved ones, and we had, uh, you know, a couple of cases of COVID, so you're kind of worried and, and fear that. And now you got to track it, and you don't know if you um, – Bought it home to your wife or your family, and you don't know who you were around, and they're trying to track it, and it's it's crazy on one end, right? But on the other end of it, it's probably one of the most safest environments that's created in America right now, because I don't know anyone else that's testing every day or even every two days and having the opportunity to see their results. I told I use this analogy: if someone, if you went to Starbucks tomorrow, um, it'll be thirty people in there, and according to the statistics, somebody has COVID right but you'll never know that right because they're not testing they're not quarantining so you've just interacted or you've been in the vicinity of people who have covid and you don't even know it the the beauty about college athletics right now and basketball programs and what we're doing is that we're testing every day if not every two days if not every two every three and we're getting those results back and immediately we're aware so it's a little easier to track so it's I understand both sides of the coin and it's unknown for everyone right now. You know what I'm saying? And we're just trying to get through the best way we can. And it's it's not about – it's always about winning basketball games for us because that's our job or whatever. But this year I think basketball has been placed into its proper perspective.
1: Yeah. Uh, of course, Lavelle Moten is the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina Central, joins us here on the program. I mean, we can talk about C.J. Kaiser and what he's doing, 22.3 points uh per game but so you have a great story and anybody that's listened to this program uh knows at least to some degree about the story but we've got a whole new listener base so let let's i want to talk because i you know i had i read the raleigh news and observer we're here in raleigh you're there in durham and uh, raleigh has this project called downtown south where they're trying to redevelop it and there's going to be supposed to be housing and and in a stadium, all those kind of good things. And you have some involvement with that. And it's not every day you see a basketball coach that has some <laughs> involvement with something like this. Speak, Can you uh, kind of speak to that and in your involvement and your thoughts on it?
4: Yeah, well, growing up, man, I, I you know, obviously to people who know, they know me, but to pe- I'm not going to assume everyone does. And people who don't know me, um, they know I'm from the Lane Street Housing Projects in in Raleigh. And I lived – Um, over half my life in those projects. So I understand the difficulties, the challenges, and everything that people face. And I've always been a historian. I understand I was a teacher before I was a basketball coach in middle school, and then I um, gravitated to high school, and then I ended up in college. But one thing when I was young, you know, we always had issues, right? And I, I just, I connected it. I said, man, there's a direct line of between poverty and pain, Right, it's a, di- it's a direct correlation between poverty and pain. And any battle that presents itself, you'll just be fighting a different battle every month, but it's always going to be a battle, and it's always affecting those low-income communities. So I sat back and I kind of watched this gentrification thing happen, and it was happening across the country, particularly in um, my city in Raleigh. And I said, man, it's crazy because everyone comes in doing gentrification, and they profit – except for the people that endured the pain and the challenges. And I said, that that don't, that don't make sense. So now all of a sudden these neighborhoods that no one considered to have any value, if any at all, now all of a sudden they're valued at half a million dollars. And this, there's million-dollar homes over. So my partners um, and I, we founded um, a developmental company. I said, Riley Ray's Development. And I said, man, I want to be a part of, you know, the community where we're going to, develop um, and redevelop these communities and if we're going to do it, let it be us and then if anyone is going to profit let it be us and our people and now we can put this money back into the community and that community community can circulate and now we can build economic growth for not only ourselves and others and we established that in July and then this this enormous project came with John Cain and everyone pretty much knows him, he's one of the top, if not the top developer in the state of North Carolina, particularly the Raleigh area, and they're talking about this $2.2 billion soccer stadium and everything that's going to be associated with that, and they approached us. And they said, would you guys like to join because we we want you to be the minority participation. And I just basically told them, sure, but it has to be under this regard. it has to be some community benefits for the people that look like me and the people within these communities and that got to go through workforce development programs that has to be jobs that's insured not for one or two years but in perpetuity right and there has to be benefit packages and there has to be a foundation where we are amplifying what we're already doing within the community so we can allow our people to grow economically, um, create generational wealth for themselves grow. Uh, educationally, and just move this thing along because no one has ever – I just feel like this. I hate to be so blunt, but black people is always going to have problems until we have the opportunity to own stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so I see it from a different perspective, but I know through ownership you have the ability to change things. And through ownership you don't have to depend on others to do anything for you. And I think that's our primary problem. And, again, the historian to me, in 1963 Martin Luther King marched on Washington. And the premise of that march was jobs, justice, and ownership. Well, here we are in 2020, and we could march on Washington, and the same premise would be jobs, justice, and ownership. So if we're going to change anything that systemically placed us in these positions, I think it has to be a plan that will systemically get us out. And the only way I know how, and I'm not pretending to be the smartest guy or to know it all, but the only way I know how is through economic growth, through education, and through ownership. And so that's kind of the summary of what Riley Raised is about. And, um, you know, I look forward to working with this project in our community to enhance the quality of life of others.
0: Very
1: well said. Not just a basketball coach, but a carer of his community. He is Lavelle Moten. He is also the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina Central <laughs> as he joins us here um, from the press box to press row. The Eagles are going to be at UNC uh, on Saturday, man, we gotta we gotta really catch up and really sit down and 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 really talk about this. I'm out of time, man, but I appreciate your candor in the conversation. Continued success to you and the Eagles.
4: You're the best, man. I appreciate you having me on anytime, Don. Thank you so much, bro.
1: Always, Coach Moten. Listen, I gotta run. Thank you to Lavelle Moten, Jamie Chadwell, Kevin Broders for joining us today. Here on From the Press Box to Press Row for more information on the program, great content, log on to our website at boxtorow.com. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications.